This was recorded at the 18th Chinwag Live event Search vs. Recommendation on September 2nd, 2008 in London. Featuring on the panel Walid Al-Sakaf of Trusted Places, Lisa Detlefson of Base One, Luke Arrington from Revue, David Mayer-Roberts of The Filter, and John Myers of MediaVest with Google consultant Steve Johnston chairing. It was sponsored by Sun Startup Essentials and the UKTI. The event was produced by Elizabeth Varley and Deirdre Malloy on behalf of Chinwag, part two. Yeah, I'm Wendy McAuliffe from Librite Media. We're a PR company, so clearly my interest is PR-related within this, and we make sure that we're, with all of our clients, we look at how they're rating on review sites as well as within search engines. Um, but one thing that kind of hasn't been addressed tonight is the, the fact that we're on the brink of a recession, and that, you know, the point of review sites assumes that people have money to spend. And what I'm kind of interested in from a PR point of view is if money, people don't have money to spend anymore, where does that leave review sites? Are they still going to be relevant? Excellent. Who'd like to answer that? Okay, Walid, can I just add, add, to, that, can I just add to that question? Does that mean that, because it's something I was interested in as well, does it mean that we're making more, we will make more rational purchases and therefore be more interested in reviews? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's exactly oh, no. the answer. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it wasn't my intention. I do apologise. Well, I, 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 can add, I can add something to that. I mean, my, my previous history has been in a, um, a specialist media company at Future Publishing. I was a director there for five years. And actually, um, the magazine specialist industry does very well, or did very well in the last recession, because people focus on their hobbies um, and focus on the specific areas where they do still want to spend money, and they're much more careful on how they do that, and they need a lot more advice in the process. And actually, that, that really focuses on niche specialist recommendation uh, environments, where in the old days before the internet, that was magazines, and now with the internet, it's the internet. So. Okay. Luke, do you have anything to add? Oh, shut up. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. So we're prepared to spend more of our time making better purchase decisions, which means we're more likely to hunt out the reviews. Okay. Excellent. Does that help? You can counter. You don't have to... Has he taken your microphone away? Okay, can we, can we let the people have a, a response? Don't take, not quite so quick next time. No, I mean, I think it goes without saying that price comparison is going to become more important as people have less money to spend. But it's whether it reaches the point where people just stop spending money on holidays and plasma TVs and the point at which those things are less important. Would them. you? Would I? Would you stop money? Would you not go on holiday? Would you it not depends. give a money? I don't. I mean, it depends how bad things get. If you look at what's being forecast, then yes, probably. I do agree with you, but I mean, I do work with some reasonable-sized travel brands, and the experience is that the kind of the UK public, one of the most important things to them is the Great British Holiday. They have that. They, they purchase that holiday. You know, we're already seeing people or families purchasing holidays for next year because that's how they do it. It's historically that one thing that the UK public seems to look forward to is that holiday once a year. So I think, if anything, that'll be the last thing that they cut out. <laughs> okay. okay, thanks. Okay, thank you very much. Who's next? Um, okay, yes, thank you. On the, on the uh, hi, I'm, I'm Alan Patrick. I uh, run a company called Broadsight. also write the Broad Stuff blog. Now, I've just um, been looking for a digital SLR, and I've just bought one, but what struck me with both the search and the review engines was the sheer amount of crap on them. Um, I, I blame the SEO people. I don't know if you were on Google and said, search for a camera. 
I think you just probably, get these, this right welter there. of sites promising to take you somewhere else where there's no data either. No, what I'm interested well, in is... Sorry, is can that... I just ask you to qualify what crap means? Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, what, is, what was your experience and why was it crap? T- typically, um, in, in review sites, it's gamed reviews, i.e. you can see fairly clearly there's a small number of people and it's, it's gamed. On the search engines, typically taking you somewhere else where it's been SEO optimized and doesn't actually That's affiliate, not SEOs that do that. Sorry, oh, yeah, it's, it's traffic arbitrage. No, no, no. Yeah. The affiliate. SEO optimized ones are always the ones, the right ones, right? But um, the, the issue is that both sites reduce their utility to the user. I actually found the best reviews of the cameras I wanted on Twitter because friends and people I never knew replied to me, which I found was quite interesting. So there's a totally new utility there which yeah. is doing the job. Yeah. So I yeah. just wanted. No, I think, absolutely. I think that's very interesting because it suggests that Google as a search engine has still got a way to go before it's spotting the difference between quality information and rubbish. Yeah, there's a lot of traffic arbitrage sites still listing on Google to try and obviously you know, re-engineer the traffic to make money out of it. I think one thing just to counter that on the search engine's behalf is Microsoft is currently testing actually effectively you know, limiting the amount of review sites that appear and display in the results. So they are actually they are aware of quality of traffic, and they are looking at actually you know, improving the user review um, and the actual user journey as well. Thank you very much. Who's next? Something? Yes, just, please. Just to add something in there, I guess this is specific to the to the entertainment content area. And one of the things we've been trialling, which is working very well, um, is actually using um, people's taste profiles, uh, almost like avatars. Their taste profiles. Your friend doesn't have to be online for you to be able to run something by their taste profile and go, would you like this? And, and it returns with a probability of, yeah, this, this could be okay. And um, now I don't think that works with digital SLRs. There's not enough, you know, because you actually need somebody to have bought it or tried something. But certainly when you move into the emotional environments of connected music and connected movies, and, and uh, you can get quite a lot out of that sort of information. That's so. very interesting. Thank you. Uh, yes, thank you very much at the table. Yep. Hello, my name's Angus Philipson from Worksite Builder. I was just going to pick up on the, or ask about the taste profile thing from the reviewers, uh, but more in the context of, first, an observation, is the kind of site against search not slightly one-dimensional in that actually, uh, if you look at products like Sphere, um, where you're uh, looking at content recommendation, and that could be product or something like that, it's actually the content that transcends the websites rather than being... Um, kind of living on a um, review site per se. Um, And my question was, what do the review guys think about um, the social discovery, uh, the use of profiling of users and specifically technologies like APML, uh, attention profiling, markup language, and how that will influence how uh, potentially my peers uh, influence my buying or content consumption habits as content and reviews get more disaggregated and I consume content in lots of different ways. Okay, thank you Angus. Guys, that was a big one. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do that question justice but um, really just say I, I, yeah, I, I do think that um, the distribution of the content that, that's currently on our site, which I hasten to add isn't gamed in any way at all and we work very hard to ensure that it isn't gamed, um, but uh, I think the distribution of that content to people's profiles um, on, on other sites, on Facebook, whatever it might be um, I think is, is absolutely where, where we need to take things, and, and we're working on an API at the moment to allow that, that, that kind of thing to happen. 
Uh, we want people to be able to, to take their reviews, take pride in their reviews and distribute their reviews where, where they want to place them. So. And for other sites to do the same so people can pick up your recommendations? And yes, so at, at the moment um, we, uh, because of the, we distribute our content to retailers already, and that's a paid service, so we obviously need to differentiate between the two, but absolutely looking to distribute that, that content um, broad and wide in due course. Is, that an, is there an intellectual property issue for you in that? In the, how open are you going to be with that in terms of brand building against controlling what you carefully collected? Um, I, I think the, the way we potentially handle that is, is to ensure that there's, there's some kind of reference to review somewhere within that, that, that snippet of the review. Um, and from that perspective, I'd be very comfortable distributing it broad and wide because our name will be there, so we get the benefits. But... Uh, Ultimately, just helping as many people do as possible to decide back. what to buy. Just to say, do you get the link? <laughs> well, get, uh, get, the link. get the link. There we go. That'll benefit you. Angus, is that helpful? Can I just sort of, of dwell on the social discovery and user profiling aspect of it? How does, how does that play into your strategies for the future? Um, you won't be surprised to me to say it's central. Um, we're, we're, where we start is actually trying to understand people's tastes through any of their activity they currently have. So whether that's what you're listening to on iTunes or WMP or WinApp, what you're watching through there, um, what... Oh, might have been me. Um, somebody told me I shouldn't say this. Um, no, the, the, it's central to our strategy, understanding people's tastes through their activity online. So the more we can integrate um, not only the activity on, as I said, Flix, The Last FM, I Me, My Like, uh, YouTube, whatever, wherever, but also go the other way in terms of what, what, what you're talking about. So how do you, if we have a smart engine that can make sense of all of that activity, how do we then take that to, um, to allow people to use it when and where they need it most? Because filtering, in, in, in our sense, it's, it's, not, it's not necessarily about uh, thefilter.com. You know, I go there to, um, to discover stuff. Because actually, that's quite fun and it could be compelling. But actually, I, it's where I need it and when I need it the most. So it could be on my sky box. You know. uh, why the hell do I have to, have to go through a spreadsheet, a VPG spreadsheet, to be able to discover what's actually on tonight that I might actually like? Um, whereas if I could so, magically bring my filter in there, which involves all of my... Uh, activity in the digital space, it would be able to make that spreadsheet into something a little nicer, like a pick list of the things I should be watching tonight. And that's an example of when and where I need it most. Uh, we're quite a way away from that, but if you asked where it is in terms of my strategy, it's, it's bang in the middle of it, and that's what we're working towards. And does that strategy include using web standards type techniques like APML? Yeah, absolutely. It's open architecture. That's the whole, the whole point for us is we have to go two ways. If we're expecting to be able to take people's profiles into our system and make sense of it, we have to also be able to go the other way for where and when people need it the most. Okay. And we would like to have links back and, and, and the filter there everywhere, obviously, but it's, uh, it's actually more about um, users and, and allowing them to, to, to take their, their, what, what we, the, the, the added value we bring to take it where it helps them the most. Okay. I think it's interesting to actually hear you guys talking about this because obviously we, I'm coming from the Lynx point of view and everything like that and I'm seeing more and more big brands, you know, maybe travel or retail companies actually stepping into their own space and having their own review sites. They've, they've absolutely recognised that content is king and getting content onto the search engine is, is a massive benefit for rankings. So they're kind of going against yourselves and taking their own review mechanism forward and actually getting reviews and everything built into the likes of obviously the Amazons of this world and I know that a couple of big travel companies are looking at you know reviews of their hotels and everything like that from people that have used them. 
and obviously trying to get that content pushed to the internet, obviously get into the likes of Google and obviously generate them more traffic back to themselves and cutting out the reviews. So it's interesting to see you taking a, a stance of, well, I can push you that content and I can, I can take it forward on that front. So. Do we John, not John, trust our peers more, though? Sorry. Second. <laughs> Do we not trust our peers and um, people with authority more than the brand with the, their own review site? Is that not where well, that's, the, I mean, that's where a debate at. to be had, without a doubt. I mean, I, you, could, you can absolutely take a stance that, yes, you trust your peers more and you trust the, the impartial sites, but the, the reality is as long as these guys are policing it in the same manner as, you know, they're alluding to here at the trusted places, they, they police their communities. It's, it's the general public that's giving them an honest review. So as long as these guys don't tamper with it and take out all the bad ones, why, why wouldn't you go down that route? I mean, it's been my experience to see the big retailers do a very poor job of this on the whole because, mm. because they don't, it doesn't come naturally to them. And especially the sites do a much better job. And, of course, the big retailers, Amazon, buying DP Review, those of you who are familiar with the digital photography space, is a key example of, of them you know, not being able to do it themselves, so buying it in. Sorry, Luke, were you going to add to that? Uh, I was just going to say, I think the... Uh, well, Lee made the, the point earlier about impartiality. I think you, you, you stressed that again there. I think the other challenge that, that's often, that often happens on, on the retailer site, certainly, is getting that critical mass of reviews just with having a sort of on-site reviews facility. I think if you've got the, the, the scale and, and the reputation of, of TripAdvisor, for example, then that's okay. But I think retailers will always face two challenges, impartiality and, and getting that critical mass of content. And that's why many of them are turning to, to us, for example. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Angus, are you satisfied now? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Thank you. Got another one here. <laughs> More questions. Okay, on the right here. Oh, uh, okay, yes, thank you, in the corner. Hi. Um, I'm really interested in the relationship between uh, recommendation sites and user trends. Where are, the, where, where are the people who are recommending, are there trends between who's recommending, what they're recommending, where they live, um, what they're interested in, all that kind of stuff. And I'm... I'm just interested because you three are all up there if you've kind of got any insights into that um, and where you see it going, particularly when we start to think about mobile and location-based recommendations. Before I pass it over, could you say who you are and where you're from? Sorry, I'm Claire Wellsby. Um, I'm from Illumina Digital. Okay, excellent. Luke, I think you can start that one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I... Uh... I'm afraid that at the moment we know very, very little about, about the reviewers. Um, with, the, with the questionnaire that, that we have laid out, we have a, have a challenge to try and get as many responses as possible from the emails we send out, whilst getting as rich uh, information as possible about the product. So that means that we have very little space, effectively, in the survey to start going into demographics and where people live, what their passions are, etc. So um, absolutely something we want to get into, but not something Review does uh, as well as we could do today. This user trend data that you are looking quite interested at in terms of the intelligence about the overall reviews themselves and the usage of data, which is not so much about the people. Yeah. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, we do spend quite a lot of time looking at you know, the trends with our users. I mean, essentially, if you look at our users, they, they write either about a geographical area, either where around they live or where they work. But what we find is that usually they write about what they're passionate about. So, for example, I could be an expert about tapas food, and I'll write about tapas restaurants all across the world. So there is that link. But there is also an element of season. So certain kind of restaurants will become more popular depending what time of the year uh, than others. Um, but also there is an element of age. 
Um, so people will go to different kind of places. So members, which are in their early 20s, will write a lot of reviews about nightclubs and bars. While once you go into your 30s, you'll spend more time reviewing about restaurants. Again, that's just you know, a very general trend. Um, but also in terms of you know, how often they go out, how much they will spend when they go out. So all that kind of information is extremely useful for us in terms of if you go back to the user profiling, uh, so that we, we can give them recommendations of places we feel they will like according to the places they visited on the site, places they reviewed, commented, or even through the taste matcher game we have where we learn about the kind of places they like. Um, sorry, can I just ask yes. a quick... What do you kind of find in terms of the proportion of your users who recommend and the proportion that don't, who just use the service as a um, place to find information, to um, be inspired, what have you? Yeah. Uh, for us at the moment, 17% of our registered users write reviews, and they write reviews on a monthly basis. Um, what we found interesting is that, of course, when we started off, it was a lot of friends, so it was much higher, and then it started dropping. But now we're seeing it increasing again. Um, perhaps it has to do you know, with a pos possible credit crunch, where people are exchanging you know, top places where they can get a good deal. I don't know. It is something we're looking at, something we realized only last week, that there is an, an increase in the percentage of users reviewing in spite of the, the large growth in our users at the moment. What does that percentage look like in terms of visitors? Because if I used your site, I'm less likely to register. So uh, if you want to share that. that is. It's, it's smaller. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay. Uh, Thank you. Yes, on the table here. Thank you. Hi, it's uh, Mike Taylor from Jobs in Search. We deal in SEO search marketing job. My question is to do with my recent purchase of a digital camera. Uh, now I went. Maybe to you two guys can swap notes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went to YouTube and searched for a review, and I actually came across a few sites where someone had also purchased the same camera. He went through the process of opening the box, going through all the features, gave a demonstration on what it could do. And I was sold on that camera based on that person's feedback, who was an expert in the photographic industry. Yeah. And that made me go and buy that camera. Yeah. I didn't go to review site. I didn't go to Google. I went to YouTube. So I'm wondering how many more videos are going to be powerful in terms of reviewing and feedback on a product than the text review that someone happened to put. It's, it's absolutely just saying exactly what Lisa said, really, at the end of the day. It's, it's there and it's available and it is going on, without a doubt. A lot of mobile phones, that people are doing that as well and actually sitting there and taking the thing apart and showing you it and playing with the screen and, and doing all that sort of side of things. So I think that will more and more start to happen. You know, YouTube is huge as it stands in its own right, but it can only get bigger. Yeah, sure, go ahead, Luke. I, I, I kind of see that there's, there's absolutely a, a place for that kind of piece and, 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 and we all shop in, in very different ways. Someone will want that sort of rich video experience, a compelling message and I was sold on the, on the Wii in exactly the same way actually. Um, I think there are other shoppers who, who want to go through a more, a more perhaps rational, logical, methodical approach and, uh, and say, okay, I want a short list of SLR cameras. I want to see them at 300 to 500 pounds. I want you to cut out all the ones that have got, that got very, very poor ratings. I want you to show me a short list of three or four, and then I'm going to really dive into the specifications, the features, photos, potentially linking out to a video review on, on YouTube. Um, and then I want to find out the cheapest place to buy it and, and the place with the best service and delivery. And, and I very much view that recommendation isn't, isn't just about reviews. It, it's that entire package, as you say, the, the, the guy in Carphone Warehouse or John Lewis. It's about giving that entire package, and if video reviews are helpful to people, then it's our job to, to link out to, to those video reviews, to help people find them. Thank you very much. At the front here. 
Hello, um, my name is Sarah. I'm from a company called Kinora, um, and we do web video. So I'm just jumping in there. Um, <laughs> no sales pitches. It's just an interesting one with the um, universal search and video search specifically because um, you only get a video result returned if it's on YouTube. Yeah. As far as I know, and I may no, not, uh, you, you, not strictly true. You can get them on on, on a lot uh, a lot of uh, different um, engines. What is um, what's me- a list? Yeah, what's um, that mo- tube mogul? Have you heard of tube mogul? Check yeah. out tube mogul. <laughs> you can um, spread it to all the European uh, video engines, and it will you will get maybe even three results. Yeah. There's about three uh, video sites that do video sites that do turn up in Google's universal research results, um, and for some reason the other two have gone from my head in the heat of the moment. Um, Meta something is one of them. Meta Cafe. Thank you. But Meta Cafe is one. And if, the reason the reason if, for it. If sorry. a video was on dabs.com. Yeah. They, the reason they, they only, would have to also put it on that other platform before it would show yes. up in the search. And it's that not because they meant. don't trust the dabs.com domain. It's because Google don't want to disappoint their users with a poor video experience by linking through to a platform that they don't know can handle a volume. There's no poor video on YouTube. But with TubeMogul, you can actually distribute it to all of the, like, I think it's like 10 different uh, um, video engines all at the same time. And uh, some of them are not really big in the UK, but are really big in the European countries. So you should check that out. I don't work for them, by the way. Thank you. Commission, though. Thank you. Um, but just on that sense, in the sense of the YouTube and Dabs kind of scenario, you could actually carry the content on Dabs powered by YouTube. So you could actually pull the content from YouTube to the Dabs website. And then it would actually be on Dabs and it would actually be on YouTube as well and actually push it in that way. Uh, definitely being my recommendation, too. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Um, this one just here, towards the front. Have you got a microphone? Yeah. Oh, uh, hello? Even better. Hi, I'm Nick Beck. I've got um, a search agency called Tug. Um, my question is, is um, where do you see the landscape in sort of five to ten years? And I, I asked the recommendation guys because I agree with Lisa when she touched on uh, universal search at the beginning. I mean, when Google comes out, aren't they just going to scrape all your reviews? And, and then when somebody goes to Google, because that's the big one, that's... Because I only get, I'm hopefully going to only get engaged once. So I'm not going, I'm all, you know, and then I might only choose a restaurant and then one day I might want to buy an SLR camera. So I'll keep going back to Google and, 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 and then Google just scrape your information and put it up. So I'm rooting with you guys. So what do you guys think in five years? Well, I mean, again, uh, I'm always coming from the uh, content, the entertainment content environment, slightly different to shopping for widgets, I guess. Um, and if, if you're trying to find, um, you know, either build a playlist for a dinner party or you want to try, to try and find something specific to be inspired by, trying to do it through Google or any search mechanism is bloody hard work. Um, and and the, the whole point, I guess, um, for search and for recommendation is that we don't want so much hard work. Um, we want things to be fairly easy and compelling. Um, so when it comes to music and movies and, and web video and discovering as an increasing amount of TV shows and TV services appearing on the web, um, at the moment, Google doesn't do a great, great job of that. Uh, and I actually think, um, from my reckoning, the amount of content that's going online, it's going to struggle to do it through the current um, algorithm that, 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 that it uses. So either Google will um, move up a gear and start looking at... Um, using this powerful amount of data they have to understand what people are looking for in terms of uh, content in a different way, so not contextual, but potentially behavioral and, and, and taste-based, profile taste-based. 
or um, a few big um, services will, will appear. They're already appearing. I mean, the, the, I know we know Last FM here in the UK because it's a big success story. But if you actually look, look at the traffic in the US, which is a bigger market, iMeme, mean, which is a social um, video and music sharing site, is completely flawed, Last FM, in terms of traffic. Um, and that, those, are the, those are the places that, that, that are going to start, I think, in the entertainment space, which is very much my, you know, my specific area, are doing a much better job than, than a Google is. In five years' time, Jesus, I, you know, if I knew that, clearly I wouldn't be sitting here, or that usual cr- crappy answer. But, but, but don't you think Google's working on the algorithm so when you type in top ten songs from my disco party tonight that it'll just come straight up on the left-hand side? Or sure. Universal uh, search? You know, the, the, Google are working on... Um, I don't know how many projects that they allow their engineers to work on, but I know there's a, there's a huge amount of um, projects they work on. and They, they develop put... around about 75% of all projects. Yeah, exactly. So possibly, uh, I'm just hopeful in our case that uh, either they'll buy our technology. Um, <laughs> that's, or, what I, that's what I was going to say, actually. I was or, just gonna... <laughs> or one of their rivals will. I'd just like to suggest that, I've, and a similar question was actually asked of Google representative at a conference I was at um, a few months ago. And the challenge for Google is, to do they become a destination site, in which case they compete with all the people that they're providing results and pointing traffic at? Or do they maintain their position as a channel, as a mediator? And if they start becoming a destination site and allowing those YouTube videos or MetaCafe videos to actually run in the Google page, they, they step over a line. They're not prepared to do that yet. It changes their whole model. And so I think the minute they start providing that detail on their own site they start to compromise their relationship with the rest of the web. And I think that could be very significant for their business. Well, they only... Well, yes, I think there's certain types of their sites, but the actual main search, the main search result is still a, a route to a destination somewhere else. And their job is to index the world's information and make it useful. And, yeah, clearly, some of that, they're actually providing the usefulness themselves. Um, and I, and I don't have an answers for all of their strategic positions, but uh, the one, <laughs> otherwise I, I too wouldn't be standing here. Um, but the key thing about Google search is it can't, inter, it can't simply, I, intellectual property-wise, it can't steal content and represent it. It can provide an index of it to point you at it. The minute it changes those rules, then lots will start going a bit odd. Just to build on that, I mean, for example, Google Local or Google Maps use our content, and that in no way has decreased our traffic has actually you know, led us to double our traffic. Um, it really comes down, you know, I think, to human nature. I mean, algorithms are great to give you certain kinds of information, but whenever you need to go to a certain level of interaction where you say, okay, you know, this place sounds pretty good, but I'm more that kind of individual. Do you see what I mean? Please tell me if we, whether you would recommend it. An algorithm can't do that. Um, and that's where sites like ourselves gives you that level where you can interact with a real individual and can personalize um, his or her opinion of a place to you or a product. Well, my point is the content will still be on your site, but I won't remember your site. Well, that's... Right? I'll just go to Google every time I need something, and then I'll go to that. I don't remember where it was, but that was you. Yes. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and, right. and that's fine if, if you're happy to, to do the work. In other words, to keep having to go to Google and then coming back to another site. What we find, for example, why members, why people convert from visitors into members is that they want to be part of a community. They want to, to get personalized recommendations. They, they want to have this interaction. So that some of them will remember the site and some are just happy getting a simple address, for example. Okay. 
Um, we have a question over here that's been quite patient. Thank you very much. I think the, uh, the conversation... Sorry, Nick Bell from Quick TV. I think the conversation's taken a quite interesting turn that all of a sudden it's turned between recommendation and Google, and, uh, which is quite interesting because going back to an earlier question about video, at Quick TV we're developing a platform to allow people to create interactive video which can't be played out on the likes of YouTube. So there's a bit of a problem there because it doesn't show up in the search results. So I'm interested how the recommendation guys are going to combat the fact that Google is determining what people are seeing and how you can actually help the, the sort of end user, the, the purchaser, get the information they want if they don't necessarily go through Google. So I think for, for, for most of us, for many of us, Google is, is in the early stages of any, any business. It's a, it's a critical source of traffic, whether that be organic or, or paid. But it's not the only source. Uh, and I, I think whether it be through blogs, through online PR, through, through word of mouth, I, I think there are, there are other ways to drive traffic. And ultimately, if you have the, the best page on any particular topic, whether it be a, a, a restaurant or a digital SLR, if you have the best page out there to help people make a decision on that, and that will include linking out to, to other content and a video perhaps on, on YouTube, you have to be open with the, with the places you link to. If you have the best place out there, then Google has two choices. Either it puts you in its rankings and it's giving its users good results. <coughs> Or they exclude you, and actually, your uh, Google Google's not giving its users the best the best experience. So I think at the end of the day, it's about seeking out other sources of, of traffic and delivering a phenomenal proposition on your pages. And that's I think what the three of us spend a very a very long time trying to do. John, sorry. Slight addition to that um, again, because we're we're more in the aggregating data and content. That what we're trying to do with the open approach, specifically for what you're talking about is actually giving um, a content producers or creators and distributors a way of adding their content to, to our database so that we can start, as long as there's a unique reference, usually a URL, we can start measuring the connections between these different areas of content and start recommending it as content to um, not only our community but wherever um, the filter might be. So that, that's our way to answer that, I guess. Um, and again, early stages. Uh, but, but it's very much in the open architecture that a, a content provider could provide us with a feed of, um, of, of their content with the relevant metadata, and we can start measuring not only uh, potentially uh, the usage on your site, but, uh, but also on ours, and start using that cleverly to, to generate more traffic to you. And the benefit for me is that I'm sending people, hopefully, to end their journey somewhere which will interest them um, and, and they'll feel happy that they've found something of entertaining value to them. Lisa, perhaps you could say a little something about what Google's doing to try and capture content that otherwise isn't easily accessible. Yeah, um, when, with regards to the, the, the limitations now that is, is currently in place, especially for YouTube, I think the plan for Google is to bring that outward to other um, uh, video channels as well. But in the meantime, uh, if I were you, I would really work on getting to the social uh, aspects like Facebook, you can spread videos on there really quickly and, and have a relationship between uh, those social media channels or making your own social media um, campaign to spread the word. There's so many other areas to do it. And you, or you could alternatively, um, with the image search, image search, you could still get a, a visual representation um, of, um, of, a, of a video, if it was a specific one, obviously you do distribution of loads of videos, uh, but it must be a way that you could be able to do that. Um, I can talk to you about that later if you like. <laughs>
Is that a pitching? Huh? That... I was yeah. just going to say as well, just on the video content front. Obviously, we're talking about YouTube all the time here. Don't forget about Google Video. You know, Google Video acts as a video search engine in its own right. So actually, it doesn't just con- it doesn't just index Google Video content. It indexes Yahoo's, Microsoft Soapbox. It's all in there as aggregated video content. So it is acting as a video search engine in its own right. So it does get used. Uh, right at the back there. Hi. Hi, I'm Nikki Merritt from Jade Hopper. Um, I just have a, a question that's kind of related from some of the questions that have come up. It seems to me that one of the things that comes out most often is that it's dependent on, on the type of content that you're looking for. So it seems to be that if you want to go and you want to look up something in entertainment or you want to get your friends' feeds or get your friends' opinions in entertainment, then you might go to a certain location um, or if you're looking for a camera, like in my case, I also asked Twitter, and I searched review site till I was blue in the face, but my ultimate decision came from my Twitter friends. Um, the, the question I have to make is, what would benefit being searched through Google as opposed to being searched through a referral site? Or, or what would you want to go to Google and, or to a search engine to look up instead of actually saying, hey, what do you think of what camera do you think I should buy or what restaurant do you think I should go to? I mean, is there anything in particular that, that the review sites out there just don't kind of... aren't good enough? Do you mean in terms of the actual things people search for? Well, I'm, I'm thinking more if we, we're blocking it off into, con, uh, into to categories. So I'm looking up entertainment or I'm looking up um, sort of a, a small product like a, a games device or I'm looking up... Um, um, a, a camera, something like that. Those all seem to, to have locations where you can go to or you would go to a review site. Um, what kind of things would you... Would, is there not a review site or, or that option that you would want to just use Google for instead or a search engine? And we always use Google here, but there are other search engines. <laughs> really? So it's a bit harsh, isn't it? Yahoo and Microsoft do exist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> totally. I th- yeah. Um, I think that works in a couple of ways. You know... I think, you know, you start crossing the boundaries of on and offline there because everybody in a lot of products still like to go into the high street store and have that kind of pick it up off the shelf, give it a bit of a shake, get a fay with it, speak to the guy at Carphone Warehouse, and then they'll hit the search engine to absolutely just find the best price they can actually acquire that product at. So it will be, it will be used in that way when they've absolutely pre-qualified they want a, you know, a particular type of Sony camera and it's a certain make of camera, and they'll use the search engine in that sense. I think the, the other way that they'll use the search engine is when they're just stepping into the boundaries of right at the very, very start. They don't know. Bless you, by the way. Um, I don't... Um, um, I think the search engine is used at the other end of the scale where you actually just don't know what you want. You know you want a camera and you don't know what type you want, what brand you want, how big you want it to be, what colour it might be. And you actually use the search engine to effectively kick off that process prior to potentially going down to the high street and actually having a look at it, or prior to going to review sites to actually find out a little bit more about it. So the search engine kind of fits into different places within that buying cycle, I think. Does that help? Yeah, so the, the important thing would be actually being in all those places, integration of all those, so making sure that you, you have that um, presence uh, online in the search engines, within the reviews, within uh, even offline. It, it's integration that's important. It doesn't work on its own, really. Does that help? Yep, that was exactly what I was looking for. Was, I mean, integration seems to be the only way, or, or using multiple options. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. no one way, there's no that search would be better altogether. 
sort of... One, one other thing I was just thinking about when you're talking about the process, John, we're talking about the process where people are, um, are, are what, whether they're looking online first, etc. This is also very different depending on whether it's male or, or female or uh, age difference stuff as, as well. Like you were saying, like you would then go back to the search and sort of, I would look at the review, uh, look at what products were out there, go and buy it. I'm different. I want to now... Chinwag Live's search-first recommendation on September 2nd, 2008 was a Chinwag production sponsored by Sun Startup Essentials and the UKTI. For more information, please visit www.chinwag.com. End of part two.